Welcome to Epignosis, the teaching ministry of Chris Morgan. May the light of God illuminate your heart and may the truth make you free as you listen. I have a story to tell today. It's a story of someone that is hardly thought of as significant in any way. He didn't play a major role in the affairs of his day from the way we think of him, but in my opinion, he was one of the most important players of the New Testament. After listening to this, I pray we can extrapolate certain lessons from his life and apply them to our lives. The person I am speaking about is Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. Or should I say the man who adopted Jesus? because we all know he wasn't really his biological father. The man Joseph's story is largely unknown. He hasn't been celebrated the way Mary, the mother of Jesus, has been celebrated and venerated. But I can assure you that he deserves just as much honor and recognition as his wife Mary. This man Joseph was a middle-aged man from the tribe of Judah in the town of Bethlehem a carpenter by profession. But for some reason unknown, he was not married, though he was no longer a young man. One day, he was summoned through a messenger to appear before the council at the temple. When he received that invitation, he was a little bothered why he was being summoned by the priest at the temple. But since it was not an invitation he could ignore, he readied himself and made his way to the temple. On getting there, he saw some priests who looked at him intently, and a young girl was with them. After looking at him for a while and whispered one with another, they told him he had been summoned because God had chosen him to take the young girl standing with them. He looked at them with surprise and looked at the girl. Then he said to them, there must be a mistake somewhere because he was not looking for a housemaid. Now they said to him, this is no mistake, Mr. Man. You have been chosen by God to take this girl home, not to be your housemaid, but to marry her. Marry her, he said, and they replied, yes. He said, when? They replied, all that will be worked out in due course, but for now, you must take her home. He looked at the girl again and told them, but I'm not looking for a wife. And they replied, we don't know why God has chosen you of all people, but he has, so you must obey. What Joseph did not know is that the girl in question had been a ward of the priest since she was a baby. Her name was Mary and her parents had dropped her off at the temple as a fulfillment of a promise made to God. You see, the mother of Mary was barren and out of desperation to have a child, she had gone to the temple and made a promise that if God can grant her the privilege of having a child at all, she would give that child back to God. After that prayer, she got pregnant and gave back to the girl. After she had breastfed the girl till the appropriate age, she took the girl to the priests at the temple and told her story. On hearing her account, the necessary handover ceremonies was performed and the priests took the baby from her to henceforth be a child of God in the temple. The temple had rooms within the facility where the priests on duty stayed till their shift was over. 
and children such as Mary who had been given to God were housed in those facilities to serve as ministers for the priests. They helped out with menial jobs to make the priests more comfortable during their time in the temple. One day, when puberty started setting in, a priest noticed signs of womanhood being shown on Mary and he alerted his colleagues. The thing is that there is a law that a woman in her menstrual period was not allowed in the grounds of the temple because women in their period were considered unclean by the law. Mary, who was now at that time in her life, will not now be fit to stay any longer in the temple. So the priests had a meeting and determined in the end that they need to marry her off so that she doesn't become destitute after such a service to God. The question now became who to give her to. The priests then proceeded to cast lots as they normally do in such situations to know the will of God. How they do it is that they write down the options being considered on the ground and take an object which they pray on and throw up. Wherever the object lands on is assumed to be the choice of God. So they cast lots on the 12 tribes of Israel and it fell on Judah. They cast again in the towns of Judah and it fell on Bethlehem. Then they invited the men of the families of Bethlehem to the temple and cast lots for the families Joseph belonged to. Then they cast lots for that family and it fell on Joseph. However, Joseph was not even present because he did not answer that call. So they had sent for him. On hearing all this, Joseph took Mary to his house and settled her in. However, after some time, he started to notice some changes in the girl. It became quite obvious after a while that this small girl was pregnant. Joseph wondered how a little girl like this could be doing such a thing in the temple of all places. What a scandal for the priests because it would obviously have been one of them who did it. But being a kind-hearted man, he did not want this girl to be embarrassed and killed. So he decided to just send her away quietly. But then, that same night, an angel appeared to him in a dream and told him not to do as he had planned. That the pregnancy the girl was carrying is an act of God. That he should claim the pregnancy and adopt the baby as his own. So Joseph decided to obey and not do as he had planned, but simply kept quiet about the whole thing. After some time, neighbors started to notice that this girl was actually pregnant. And gossip reached all the way to the priest at the temple, who became furious with Joseph. They summoned him again, and this time they rained insults on him. They told him they never expected him to treat that small girl like that. They expected him to simply keep her in his home for some time until a proper marriage could be conducted, not to start enjoying her immediately. Knowing how bad the truth of the matter sounds and the instruction by the angel of the Lord, Joseph never said a word, but bore the insults and the shame until he died. Joseph was known as a pedophile in his neighborhood because of this issue. A pedophile is an adult who enjoys sex with children. The girl was simply too young for all that. 
but he never tried to defend himself because apart from the story sounding ridiculous the consequences on the child would have been grave they would have stoned her to death and of course the baby in her womb would have gone with her so joseph served god with his silence I'm very certain these things would have broken his heart over and over when people say it. But for the service towards God, he received the insults in silence. This proves that sometimes God's assignment for a person can be to say something, but other times it can be to keep quiet. We are not always required to say what we know. There are times to keep a matter secret regardless of how it may make us look. This also proves that God can ask someone to sacrifice their reputation for his divine purpose. Honestly, I don't know a bigger sacrifice than one's reputation. It is the hardest thing to let go of. Even Christ himself was affected by this matter. One of the accusations against him when he was brought before the authorities is that he was born of fornication. This shows that the matter lingered on until he became an adult, but he never once attempted to defend himself. It became a major hindrance for many who knew his story to believe in him. They felt a person who was born under such circumstances could not be a prophet of God. Now that could have been a perfect opportunity to set things straight, but he never bothered. That's why I believe that anyone who is too concerned about their reputation will find it difficult to work with God. God will sometimes ask you to do things that will simply kill your reputation. This God does to deal with your pride because pride and working with God are like oil and water. They never mix. Always wanting everyone to see you as a good person is not an asset when it comes to divine assignments, but a liability. The simple truth is that none is good but God, as Christ said in Matthew 19:17. So why are we always desperate to be seen as good all the time? Looking guilty is not being guilty. The opinion of men concerning you has no bearing at all with the opinion of God about you. Now in my life, time and time again, things that are absolutely false have been spread about me. But each time I tried to defend myself, God instructed me to keep quiet. I didn't quite understand it at the time, but God was trying to train me not to depend on people's opinion to feel justified. When I complained about my reputation, God told me he doesn't need it. The truth is that whenever I spoke of my reputation in connection with my divine assignment, I was only pretending that it was not about me. I wanted to be seen as a prophet guy because it would have eased my way in ministry, but God seemed not to be interested in that easy road. People who present themselves as perfect all the time are generally deceptive people. Apostle John said no truth can be found in them when he wrote in 1 John 1.8. And it reads, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Which basically means that such people are conceited and pathological liars. Personally, I run away from people who claim perfection by their power because they always turn out to be devils in the end. 
the only good thing in me as far as I'm concerned is Christ and I'm satisfied with it anything good found in me is to the glory of God and not my doing I know that for the most part a man's reputation gives him a good name in society like it is said a good name is better than gold this is wisdom indeed however Sometimes you have to make a choice between depending on what society can give you and what God can give you. God does not want his servants dependent on society, but on his ability to carry them through regardless. Like Christ said in Luke 6:26, "Woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you." There's a problem if you say you're a servant of God and everyone thinks you're a good person. No one wants you dead or destroyed. It actually shows you are playing for society, not for God. It also shows that you are not challenging the status quo, but romancing it. Do not desire to be liked by everyone. If you say you work for Christ, who the religious leaders hated, isn't it strange that they like you? That's why I am happy to be hated and insulted in the cause of ministry it actually makes me know i'm doing something right and i get worried when everyone is praising me let me leave you with this thought apostle paul who wrote a large part of the new testament once confessed that he had what he called a thorn in his flesh an embarrassing thing which brought him ridicule it may have been a disease in his body which for a man who healed people with just a piece of cloth from his body to be sick himself was quite embarrassing obviously it would have been a point of ridicule for his enemies just as they insulted Christ for not being able to save himself from the cross after saving others i can just imagine some people raising their noses up to Paul when he passes saying fake man of god see healer that is sick himself what an embarrassment or it could have been a habit he had a condition in his life which he has not been able to overcome and people knew about it but hear what paul says about the matter from second corinthians 12 verse 7 to 9 verse 7 says lest i should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation there was given to me a thorn in the flesh the messenger of satan to buffet me lest i should be exalted above measure and verse 8 says for this i besought the lord thrice that it might depart from me and verse 9 said then the lord said unto me my grace is sufficient for thee for my grace is made perfect in weakness most gladly therefore i will rather glory in my infirmities that the power of christ may rest on me we can clearly see here that when he prayed that god should take away that embarrassing thing god told him his grace is enough for him in other words god said I don't need your reputation to work with you so don't bother about it. As a matter of fact, God likes to leave some things on you to keep you humble. Just as he did with Paul in this scripture. So that when he starts to use you, it will be clear to you that it was not by your power. So much is said about reputation in today's ministry environment. So called men of God go to great lengths to protect their reputation because they considered it as the key to their success in ministry and indeed for them it is this is how you know the ministry work 
that the arm of the flesh is doing. It's mostly about strategy and marketing. But such people end up looking successful in the eyes of the world, not necessarily in the eyes of God. As a matter of fact, had Jesus bothered to address certain things in his ministry, he would have looked very successful in the eyes of even the religious leaders of his day. It will surprise you to know that the fact that Jesus had women as part of his entourage was a big issue that time. No prophet or man of God had women as part of his followers before Christ. Not just women, but many of questionable character like Mary Magdalene, who was a demon-possessed harlot when Christ met her. The alleged closeness Christ had with that lady caused many malicious scandals to erupt, even till this day. This caused the gospel according to Mary Magdalene to be rejected and excluded from the Bible when it was canonized. The Catholic Church had to deal with many scandals on this matter because the minds of men always imagined evil continually. Not to talk of that harlot who came to Christ in the presence of the Pharisees and started romancing his leg. They expected Christ to drive her away to save his reputation, but Christ did not. All Christ needed to do was not allow any woman around himself. But knowing all that, he ignored norms of society to set his own standard, which in time opened the door for women to be involved in divine service in a greater way today. Christ paid for the freedom women enjoy today in ministry with his reputation. So if you're going through a similar situation, don't think your matter is unique or even bad. Christ has been through that same thing, so don't be bothered. Just keep your heart true towards God and be satisfied with his grace, just as he instructed Paul. Speak when you are required to speak. Keep quiet when it is required, because it's all in the service for the purpose of the Almighty. Stop trying to defend yourself every time, even if you look guilty. It's what God thinks about you that matters in the end. May God give us greater understanding in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening and God bless you. We hope you were blessed by these teachings. For inquiry, support and contributions, kindly send us an email on epignosis721 at gmail.com You can also send us a message via WhatsApp on 234 we we'll would love to hear from you. God bless you.